Welcome to Actually Best Choice Movies, the world's only movie podcast. I am one of your hosts. My name is Chris Chafin. Hi, Chris. Oh, hey, how's it going? I'm, <laughs> I'm Caleb, other host of the show. That's cool. It's cool to have two hosts, I think, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Hostesses. Hostesses. Like the Twinkies. I like the Twinkies, right. And, you know, right, exactly. Exactly like that. And like stewardesses in the 60s, or I guess British people, they call them air hostesses. Oh, really? Now we just call them flight Now we just call them flight attendants. Yeah, yeah, it's a lot better. Yeah. Um. So every episode on Actually Best Choice Movies, we talk to you about two movies. One of them is old and one of them is new. Uh, and they're both connected uh, because they're both like good movies. Right, Caleb? I used to not explain they're this part, but, but now I'm yeah. explaining it again. We can explain it. Yeah, it's it, good movies. It's things that you hear about. Like I always say, uh, it's I used to think most things are good because <laughs> that's just, you know, there's millions of dollars. Being that said. is true. You that's do think most things all. are good. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, there's always things to talk about for movies. Uh, and that's what we're talking about. We're talking about the good <laughs> of the movies. And uh, this week we're talking about uh, the new movie this week is getting a lot of uh, uh, notice. It's uh, Spencer, Spencer. Uh, starring Kristen Stewart, uh, directed by Pablo Lorraine. Uh, and then we're pairing that with uh, another royal biopic that obviously fits. It's called The Queen uh, from 2006, directed by Stephen Frears. Frears. <laughs> Thank you, Chewbacca. <laughs> yeah. Chewbacca, sorry. Frears. No, yours is good. Oh, yours, is, yours is good. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, so like that's this week, baby. That's it. <laughs> Actually, best yeah. choice. Baby movies. Baby movies. But before we get to any of that, I mean, like you're saying, Caleb, these movies are like two sides of the same coin. They're extremely yeah. related, like almost two on the nose. But I do think it's good. I think they pair together well. I think, yeah, uh, obviously, if you don't know, uh, both these movies are about uh, Princess Diana. Uh, yeah. uh, Spencer is her um, maid, uh, maid, maid name. And specifically her uh, relationship to the queen and the royal family. Yeah. Right? And then The Queen, the movie from 2006, which you should know from 2006. If you don't know, uh, you think it's about Helen, you just probably know Helen Mirren as the Queen, which, yeah, sure, that's what it is. But it's specifically about when Princess Diana died uh, and the fallout of it. So, like, these movies are perfectly, like, set up for each other. Like, you get a, uh, the, with Spencer, the first movie we're going to talk about, it's, we get into the uh, Princess Diana mindset, like, how, uh, what her feelings were, how she acted inside when she was in the royal family, and then the with the, the queen is the chaser. Uh, we get the actual aftermath of her tragic death, and I think tragedy is like present in, I mean, obviously in the queen because she's passed right, away, but yeah. it's also like as uh, a movie set in two thousand twenty one about one of the most famous deaths of the last uh, fifty years. Of course, like we're all thinking about how hard things were. Princess Diana at the time. Uh, yeah, they really like fit to, together very nicely. And I don't, and nicely in a weird way where it just like makes me like think and contemplate the royal situation in general and how far it's come and how not far it's come as well. Uh, but really both are the story of the dread of tradition in a way. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I didn't mean to laugh. That was rude. I'm sorry. It just was no, a funny right, turn right. of phrase. The dread of of a dread of a tradition, dread of tradition. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, I mean you're totally right. Yeah, I mean they fit together really well. It's the lead. It's from 
Spencer's obviously from Diana's point of view. The queen is not exactly from the queen's point of view, but kind of. I mean, obviously Diana doesn't even appear in in the queen. No, yeah, but it's yeah. a very just, uh, they, uh, yeah. We'll talk about it later, but yeah, okay. yeah, just a lot it's of the same characters story. portrayed in different ways. You know, it's interesting to think about how related they are, and I think they add to each other. Like, I definitely was reminded of things by the queen that I they don't really bring up in Spencer, and I think that add a lot of context to the movie. You know. Mm-hmm. Um, which we'll talk uh, about. We'll get into the, it. We'll get yeah. into it, brother. Yeah, let's get into it. Let's get. Like you want to just get into it? it? Let's get into it, it right it, now. It. Let's fucking get it. I, Caleb, I will Boom. fucking get into it right now. I will talk about the royal family. I'll talk about Princess Diana. Yo, you don't I think I'll talk, talk about, about the royal family? Y'all don't know. I talk about Kristen Stewart acting. Y'all know. I talk about Claire Mathan doing some uh, cinematography work. Like, you know, I used to work for the BBC, and we did interact with the royal family on occasion. We did have to coordinate oh. things with the royal family. Holy shit. It's actually funny in the um, the Queen, they show a clip of this Martin Bashir interview, this famous interview with Princess Diana done by Martin Bashir, this British journalist. And he says um, she's it's the it's the interview where she says, well, there were three of us in this marriage. So it was a little crowded. Um, mm. There's this huge uproar in England right now about this interview. And did Martin apparently Martin Bashir like faked some documents in order to get the interview. But then at the BBC, they have this letter that Princess Diana sent that was like after the interview happened where she was like, look, I'm glad I did this interview and I want this to be the record for all time that I did this of my own free will. And even still people now are like, Oh, Martin Bashir tricked her into it. A poor Diana. Like, Oh, we got to get this Martin Bashir guy. Uh, anyway, it was interesting to see it because it is a hugely in the news right now in, in England, that particular interview. This is actually, I will get into it in one second, but like one thing about both these movies is, right, so I used to work for these English companies and I used to go to England so much. It it did make me very nostalgic. Like now I don't work for English companies anymore and I'm probably not going to go over. I mean, I was going over like once or twice a year for like six years Mm -hmm. and now I'm not going to go over like ever again, probably. Maybe. I mean, obviously I can go there again if I want to, but it's a great, it's a great fucked up crazy country, man. And it's real pretty in some places. I tell you what, man. One of my favorite vacations I ever took was in the Peaks District in England. Anyway, we're getting like way off topic. You want to go to talk about the movie? Uh, yes, uh, I'll talk about uh, some of my favorite British bands, uh, <laughs> PJ Harvey. But yeah, no, go get to go talk about. Yeah, I was a real <laughs> into Britpop. You know, you know that about me. Like I was I as a little British kid, Brits. I was so into Britpop. Um, anyway, yeah, okay. So that's all this week on actually best trace movies. Uh, your first movie is uh, 2021's Spencer. Mommy happened to make you so sad well here in this house there is no future past and the present are the same thing diana they can't change you have to change you have to be able to do things you hate you hate there has to be two of you there's the real one <laughs> and the one they take pictures of <laughs> Director Pablo Lorraine made one of my favorite movies of all time, 2012's No, the true story of an advertising executive working to defeat Chilean dictator Augusto Pinochet in an election. Uh, It starred Gail Garcia Bernal. It's stylish and spooky, and it has great costumes, and it manages to get you deeply involved in something that certainly has unsympathetic elements to it. 
Um, so it is absolutely thrilling to me to say that his new film, Spencer, is every bit as great and is in a lot of ways very similar in a lot of those aspects that I mentioned. But it's getting a lot, a huge amount more attention, uh, especially in the United States, probably because it stars a big movie star, Kirsten Stewart, who's playing Diana, and also because it's about an even bigger star, right? Like Princess Diana and the story of Princess Diana. It's so it's part of modern mythology, right? It's set over three days of a Christmas holiday in 1991. Uh, Spencer, it's a dreamlike portrait of a trapped and desperate Diana. And it's a showcase for what could be a ridiculous and over-the-top performance by Kristen Stewart, who's playing like, you know, the most unimaginably privileged person you could possibly think of, like literally a princess, but someone who we also come to see as like pushed around and victimized. And we're just so excited for them to like, you know, break free and get to express themselves and like, you know, thumb, you know, give the like a middle finger to everybody and ride off in her car. Um, that Spencer, man, I really I did like this movie a lot. Caleb, what, what did you think about this movie? It starts off with this quote, a fable from a true tragedy. So it's like embellished, you know, they're embellishing the truth, right. really. Uh, and it is more tone than the story. And that's not a bad thing at all. It's a, a good thing. He's a very good tone director. Uh, but it really is just like a bunch of like, set pieces over three days uh, to show uh, Diana's mindset. And it never really plays uh, like a story drama. And that's, that's fine. Uh, with me, uh, uh, and I, Chris mentioned knows great. I would also recommend checking out uh, the club is a good movie, uh, but he did a movie right before this, that a lot of us saw called Jackie, uh, which yeah. is another uh, iconic woman biopic uh, where we're like, oh, this is a big name store where Natalie Portman played Jackie Onassis. And it's also about, uh, 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 there's a lot of similarities there. There's uh, uh, Obviously, there's uh, the tragedy of Princess Diana's death is very present throughout this. And uh, But, you know, Jackie was about her husband being shot in the head in the immediate aftermath of that versus this is a movie about her a privileged woman three days on over Christmas in the mansion. It is so funny. So there's like a little just like tension that's completely different, but like there's such similar vibes of a movie that like I couldn't really kick out Jackie, which is a fault of me really. But uh, also uh, both have great scores, but a lot of similarities between these movies. Uh, but I like Jackie a lot. Uh, but again, Spencer is a good, good, Wait, can I just say it is such a funny like niche that Pablo Lorraine has, right? That he's doing like stylish true stories that are really sad. In a, in an interview, uh, someone uh, I don't know, remember the outlet because it's a dumb question, but they asked him, uh, "Oh, for your third in your tragic girl, can you do the Britney Spears story?" He just said, "No." <laughs> <laughs> no that's so funny no. dude that's um, to be an interviewer in a situation like that like first of all that's a crazy to do that but to like when you take a risk and ask like a fun question you're hanging yourself out to, out there in such a way like it's oh, devastating God. when that happens when yeah. somebody's so mean back to you but probably you deserve it a lot of the time but like you know it's pretty fucked uh, i will say there uh and this is not uh, i do like pablo as director uh but this, there are little screenplay problems here with. Oh, do you think so? With me. I yeah. Uh, like I, it pronounces everything that happens. Like, uh, like, of course we know what her mindset is, but like people often tell you have to be two people, or the queen says you, uh, you're not on currency, you are currency. Right. Like the whole yeah. Symbolism of this old jacket and putting it on. 
uh, I don't know. It's just like a very like it's very heavy handed, very right? Artistically well done thing with this. He's like big clunky movements. Like yes, I know that's what you're saying. Yeah, they many times talk about her as currency. Like that that is like very hit on the head. And also, right, yeah, the symbolism of her like put it piecing together the old like her past and then embracing it. You know, and like yeah. But, but that's like that's like a quibble. Like it, you could tell the screenplays there and that there's moments to play i don't know just a clunky screenplay to me but well well directed and if there is a story there like this I, I think it's just a bunch of other things it's like a story of uh liberation it's a, a woman finding herself in the face of her snobby relatives and it the, the movie really does come alive and i think that is uh, it's in the screenplay so kudos to this part of the screen that it comes alive when her kids are present like when when we yeah, see uh, yeah 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 just uh, diana just interact with so heartbreaking like, nice moments yeah yeah it's heartbreaking and they also like it's not a funny movie but there are moments and like with the kids there's a lot of that there i mean there's like a lot of like weird moments in general that i wish they played up more like the corgis yeah they showed they just into the corgis. It, it does i mean so it's very like i was i mean i know i said it was dreamlike and that's kind of like a like whatever thing to say like it's easy mm-hmm. to say that but there all the are these whole seek fantasy you know paranoid delusion sequences that oh, happened yeah, and then it's kind of hard to tell which are real and which aren't real until you know they reach a certain point um so i you know it's an emotional story obviously and it's so tightly from her point of view but it, it does it's also trying really hard to get across this idea of like if you actually were in the royal family like how fucking weird would that be <laughs> like they're so weird they're so weird to each other and they're just yeah. like mom and dad and I found myself imagining like, cause actually my mother well, I was staying with me when, when we went to see it. And I was like, imagine if you're a woman and your mother-in-law is like literally the queen, <laughs> like, you know, they, cause they already think they know how to do everything best all the time, you know? And they did get the woman they had playing Elizabeth. I thought in this movie, I, this is one of my quibbles with the movie is that she looks like every time they cut to her, she looks like, please excuse me for saying this, like such a smug bitch. Like that is what they have obviously directed her to look like. Every time they cut to her, she's like smiling to herself. Like she's the coolest, like everybody else is nothing. And she's the best person in the world. You know, uh, the actress's name is Stella Gunnett. She's a stage actress in Britain. Did, did you did, think, uh, you know, did, did you think she kind of comes across as being like a little oh, cartoon yeah, yeah. villainy? Like, uh, well, they don't, Maybe not cartoon, but just super villainy where this like they don't even give you information on her. It's just like a wall of like, this is how it is. Uh, we sit with our legs this way and all that. Uh, yeah, I mean, the whole vibe of the uh, just when she enters the room, it's just like they hit you with it so hard. Like, for, first of all, she's late to, to this thing because she's you can tell she's afraid. Right. Uh, uh, they weigh her when they oh come in because it's tradition. Because so uh, you're supposed to put on weight during Christmas to prove you had a good time. Like, immediately you're just like, yeah, this is a scary situation to be in. So you're all in. I, I do like the intro. I, I always pay attention to character introductions. And as a character study, this is, you know, how you're going to introduce your uh, big iconic character here. Uh, and it's her driving around and she just goes, oh, fuck. And then pulls into this like weird restaurant and just goes, oh, hello. They're like, you can tell us she's like putting on their airs to like hello i'm lost it's like oh that's princess diana yeah she's swears when she's alone and but like can turn it on it is so funny because <laughs> she's it's that's such an interesting sequence so this is right at the beginning of the movie that the, as the movie's starting it's it's christmas and the uh, the family's all i guess balmoral right they're at the castle and, and 
Diana's driving and we, the first time we see her, she's in her Porsche and she's like the top's down and she's got some map and she's like lost. And then she's like lost, still lost for a long time. So finally, she pulls over and goes into like a little pub. And like, as soon as she walks in, like everybody, it's like, in a, it's like in a movie as like an old, like a Western. Like everybody stops talking and they're just staring at her as she walks down towards the, you know, the counter. She would at that point. Yeah. And everybody's, um, you can hear people going like, it's Diana. Oh, it's Diana. And like, and she's going like, "Hello, I'm lost." I, I thought it was a great sequence because it shows like, it so um like with all an economy of storytelling conveys like how famous she is, but also how like what how weird that is because she can't get what she needs from people, you know, like she's just trying to go in here and try to get directions and she can't do it, and so then she's still lost, you know, like yeah, it's. Uh, I- I wish there was like more of those funnier moments of her just being like when she realizes like, how do I deal with this uh, servitude or like this level of having to deal with the Royal family? Like uh, there's a really funny moment in the film uh, where uh, they fired her uh, one dresser. So she has another dresser there and she just wants to be alone. So she just says, "Uh, can you leave now? I have to, I want to masturbate. (laughs) (laughs) And the dresser just goes, mom, (laughs) you know, (laughs) Yeah, it's a very like uh, serious movie with like it's about the royal family, obviously. But then like they like put the weird stuff in there, like uh, her like they they touch on her eating disorder and all the stuff in her mind about that is weird. Like she is a pea soup scene with the pearls, yeah. which is I won't explain much more than that. Uh, like even cool shots, they uh, sew her curtain shut at one point because they say there's paparazzi around, uh, and she's the kids and you're leaving your curtains open. So uh, just like really cool shot of like the seams of a curtain. Yeah, that's so really good. It's a really good that. shot, right? Yeah. I mean, yeah. basically the movie is the tone of the movie is like, she has, uh, she is a captive. Like she has literally been mm-hmm. kidnapped by these people and is being like held against her will in this palace. And right. They're sewing her drapes shut. They're telling her what to wear and where to go. And they're firing her friends. She has no friends, one to be yeah. friends. They say, they say a bunch of times, everyone can hear what you're saying everyone knows what just yeah, no everybody's listening to you and like mm-hmm. if you tell anybody something like that's currency and then they can use yeah, it yeah it's like again like a, a very much a toned movie and like that's not a bad thing like there's a, cool shots in it there's an amazing oh my shot. god amazing uh, shots it's like right yeah there's, an, there's this one amazing shot is after she talks to a uh what are they hunting pheasants They're, after she talks to a pheasant yeah that happens uh she's just walking back to the house uh and she's walking through this graveyard but it's against this river so uh, it's just a one shot where her walking, but then the river is reflecting with, and there's no graves in the river just because the level of, of it. So it's like, oh, wow, look at these two worlds that she could be without one where she doesn't have uh, the past weighing her down without the, the royals <laughs> in her life. Uh, yeah, I don't know, just really cool artistic stuff that uh, a director can get away with for being cool. And also I'll shout out to uh, Claire Mathen, uh, who shot Portrait of a Lady on Fire, another gorgeous movie. Oh, is it the same uh, cinematographer as this? Yes, oh, yes, wow, that's pretty cool. Yeah. yeah, there is something to it. Like, have you, I, I, have you seen that that Tess Degenstein thing where she's like doing a parody of this movie on on Twitter? It was a Boxing Day sale at Daniel Leather. Well, my aunts got very excited. I was full and so quite horny for Santa. Because there is something about it that is like. You know, it's like perfume commercially. It's like very mannered um, and it's very like, you know, kind of like luxury, poetic kind of stuff. And this is what I meant when I was saying it's unsympathetic in a certain way, because up to a point, you're like, 
okay, yeah, this is a, what an awful existence. And obviously, like the movie says, it's a f- modern fairy tale or whatever. So not, it's not exactly true that this is how things were. But um, occasionally there's a shot of her like throwing a gigantic tantrum in some insane ball gown while everybody else is just like trying to eat dinner. And you're like, yeah, okay, I guess if I was, if literally I was trying to eat dinner next to this woman, like I, yeah, it would be super annoying. I would be really mad. (laughs) Like it is kind of crazy that she is doing all this stuff. But it's like the idea is sort of she's only doing these things because if she doesn't do them, everyone will ignore her. And she she won't get she'll just has to she'll be like a cog in the machine you know but she's trying to somehow preserve her individuality but do you know what i mean sometimes also, i find uh, myself being like yeah. okay princess like i'm sorry your life isn't perfect but like it seems pretty good you know uh they do hit on that uh uh which we, we kind of hit on too and if you know about princess diana you know that it happened that she was uh, cheated on the the third right three people in their marriage uh and they do hit on that pretty hard uh like they even say like oh you got the her the same christmas present you gave her uh yeah i was like oh i, I mean it, it's heavy-handed stuff but like it works for uh the what the pablo Lane's doing which is you know uh get into the mindset because there are like the you mentioned like her dream sequences are like pretty like nerve-wracking and scary which is kind of cool and she does like cut herself in one scene too not to get too spoily ahead of it but yeah it's a a very like in her head uh psychological examination which you know it's impossible to do and uh he makes sure it's not an easy thing to go down <laughs> because as we know it's uh at the end tragically it is a tragic story uh, but yeah it, re- it reminded me in that way of uh uh one of my favorite movies, Foxcatcher from Ben. Oh Hill, yeah. Like, you know, the tragedy is, is, is present. Uh, so yeah, yeah, just make it through directing and acting uh, a creepy enough performance. I don't know. I will go a little bit back on her performance in general. She's going to get an Oscar nomination. Oh, a hundred percent. A hundred percent. She's going to get an yeah, Oscar that's, nomination. Uh, politics already decreed that. Uh, but I don't know if, I mean, I have to see what else is nominated. I have no idea. It's too, way too early for Oscars. Uh, but yeah. Um, uh, I don't know. She's just a lot of ticks. Like I said, it, I, I just always kept seeing like she's doing the same thing over and over again, which is not a bad thing. And she's people say they didn't like the voice. Like I, I didn't. She is definitely doing a voice, right? Yeah. Uh, but I don't like, know, how would you? I mean, how would you describe the voice? That you, do, how do you feel about the voice? Is it good? Did you find it distracting? Oh, uh, I didn't. I mean, maybe at first a little bit, but it was just a thing to get over that uh, she's a good enough actress where like that's not not the point. And, and also, I. Uh, and this is just a me thing because I watch a ton of movies. I recently watched <laughs> uh, Secret Honor, which is a, a, a Robert Altman film about uh, to play well, 130 minutes, just uh, uh, Philip Baker Hall as uh, doing a, uh, an hour and 30 minute monologue about Richard Nixon. Doesn't look like him, doesn't really sound like him. But after like 10 minutes, I was like, oh, my gosh, this is the most rapturous thing I've seen in a long time. Really? So like I'm very much about getting over I think it's streaming on Criterion. Secret Honor. Secret. Uh, when 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 is this from? When is this movie from? Eighties. Eighties. Uh, it was about post pardon Nixon being like, I shouldn't have been pardoned because it makes me look guilty and saying all these things. Uh, there's like conspiracy theories and a whole bunch of weird stuff. And it's a weird little movie. Uh, and of course, Criterion has some cool features to it. And it's also just a if you like Philip Baker Hall, we did Hard Eight. Uh, yeah, it's true. Yeah, which is why I watched uh, Secret Honor. <laughs> <laughs> But, but yeah, I, I digress. It also reminded me, since I'm speaking of movies, and uh, just wanted to shout out, because uh, part two is in theaters right now, uh, The Souvenir, uh, a British, young British biopic. Oh, yeah. I want to see that, too. I want to see that, too. Which we did two years ago. 
I know. There's so much things in theaters right now that uh, I need to go see. It's actually crazy. Like yeah, the like happens. movies are back, right, Caleb? Like there are so many movies in the theater right now. Yeah, I know. I was gonna say Nighthawk is even doing this thing right now called the like in case you missed it festival, which is like they're showing oh, a bunch cool. of movies from 2020 on the big screen. Yeah, so they're showing like Barb yeah. and Star, and they're showing. Um, Oh God, what else? Now I can't remember any of the other ones. But yeah, they showed like a trailer for Barb and Star. I was like, this is great. I wish this, at first I thought it was a sequel because I think I had heard that they announced that they were going to do another one. I hope they make more of those. (laughs) But Uh, like, I did have, like I always make my, uh, go ahead. I do make my movie list every year and uh, Barb and Star has been like at the top five of my favorite (laughs) It's really good. I honestly forgot how good it was. And like seeing the trailer made it seem very exciting. That movie would have been like a big fucking deal, I think. I think it would have been like a big hit. Uh, Word of mouth would have got it. It would have been uh, so fun to see with uh, an audience who laughs with it too. Oh my God, right. It would be like a really fun time to go see Barb and Star. Everybody would be like screaming and laughing, you know? Yeah, that's what we want from uh, Kristen Wiig. We don't care about her being a... Cheetah villain. Oh my god, that's like the and, stupidest uh, fucking thing in the movie. world, dude. Sorry, sorry, Wig. Sorry, Wig. I mean, I'm excited for Thank her that know. she got all that money. I think yeah. Kristen Wig is one of those people too who is like friends with like really, really big celebrities. Like Kristen Wig is like the yeah, kooky friend of like many very, very large movie stars. Probably uh got along with all the hosts on Saint Live because it's she was nailing it. She was like the, the killing that show all the time when she was on it. Uh, but yeah, speaking of actors, <laughs> <laughs> good segue, uh, dude. Very good. That was a good one. Two of uh, the greats, my favorites, are character actors are in this. Well, Sally Hawkins isn't a character actor; she's a character actor in this movie. But I love watching Sally Hawkins. Oh yeah, act. she's great. Uh, I was and, really happy to see her in this movie. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then uh, my favorite, one of my favorite actors of all time, Timothy Spall. Tim Spall. Uh, we talked. We did Secrets and Lies on. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, getting to play the big bad admiral here, who deep down has a heart of gold but like they never really shows it until the very last scene I don't yeah know. and it's like maybe and it's interesting too because i was like is he supposed to be the same character that is in the queen oh yeah good call because it seems um, to be exactly the same person like they have similar builds and they hair color and they wear the same clothes yeah. and stuff uh this is the, the queen referring to the person that uh, actually tells uh queen elizabeth II when princess diana dies uh, yeah, and it's a big. It's like her footman, her footman, or something. Her butler, like yeah. it's the kind of person too that they have in. No, they don't um, have the same name in the Queen, uh, so it might not be the same person. Or, yeah, yeah, that's true. Oh, I didn't know that. Okay, well, probably not then. <laughs> but um, just, it's the kind of character yeah. from the Crown. Like it's the guy who's like he's mm-hmm. in charge of of everything that happens at the palace. Even though obviously, like the Queen is the Queen. It's like really this person who represents like the forces of tradition. Like he's the one that's making sure everything is happening in like the traditional way and bossing around the queen and everybody, Um, which is very uh, weird. I guess that must be true that that's how it works. Yeah. They say they brought him because of his uh, military background and he does like single out Diana a lot just because she's the one causing all the fuss. (laughs) It's very interesting. But then is he really a secretly on her side? Hmm, Interesting. I know he probably did. I mean, he probably is, understands like it's a, a fucking impossible way to live your life is this. Oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> if you've had a taste of freedom before. And then to. Uh, which, you know, there uh, there is like that when, like uh, the story of liberation I mentioned, uh, like there is like she's with her kids. It's funny. There's a great Mike and the Mechanics sing along. Oh, at the end. Well, but this is what I yeah, was saying yeah. to the ending. It's like um, not to skip ahead or anything, but it's like, you know what happens with Princess yeah. Diana. But so basically the movie yes. ends with them like speeding away in her Porsche, her and her two kids. 
She leaves the house with the kids. Secretly, they escape, you know, and they're blasting All I Need is a Miracle, driving down the road, and the wind is blowing in their hair, you know? Yeah, they get a bucket of KFC. Uh, But it is like, oh, I'm glad they gave her something because it is just like, it goes right back into it at like the probably a day later. (laughs) But yeah, set three days. I don't even know. It didn't really break into acts for me either, even though they said it in three days. I mean, I, yeah, I guess it's like the three different days are each their own act. You know, they're each their own little mini psychological drama. I mean, we're seeing her hallucinate Anne Boleyn, you know, because and this is the thing is she's someone has left a book about Anne Boleyn on her. Oh, yeah. yeah. And there's some, yeah, Anne Boleyn stuff. And there's, I don't know, there's some good. Uh, yeah, I guess the ghost hovering around too. Yeah, there's ghosts. Uh, this is what I'm saying. There's like there's ghosts, there's fantasies, and then there's just like Yeah, the one I talk about is like, oof, yeah. It's hard, it's hard, it's a hard movie to talk about. I will give it up for uh Jacqueline Duran, who uh, is the costume designer here. because uh, obviously the costumes are really fucking good in this movie. They're great. They're uh, fantastic. Like cost- costuming has to have a point if it's really good too, and uh like the point is that she has to keep changing into these. So these all these amazing outfits that are garish or just also just look really cool in general. Uh, and even uh, the more downtime ones. But yeah, good, great costume choices. And I think they're all I think they're all like identical to real Princess Diana outfits. Like if you oh, look them up, uh, they're uh, all um, yeah, they're all like exact mm-hmm. copies of real outfits of hers. Should that should be another. I'm Oscar sure that will get an Oscar nomination. I'm sure yeah. it is interesting. Like, what do you think? Princess Diana is somebody who. It's it's funny, right? Like I was trying to, I was watching Spencer and the Queen, and I was trying to think to what extent has her celebrity survived? Because obviously the Queen is still the Queen, and Prince Charles is still Prince Charles, and now Princess Diana has been dead for like twenty five years. I feel like the main place I see Princess Diana these days is like on style Instagram things, where you see a picture of her in like a Harvard sweatshirt and running shorts. Like that's kind of like the main way. She is still in culture, uh, unless you disagree, Caleb. I mean, there is her uh, humanitarian right. work. Uh, she did stuff with landmines. To but are people talking about that? Country. You know what I mean? No, not at all. <laughs> uh, I mean, her her, fa- her, her young sons, uh, the king, I don't know. I don't pay attention to. Yeah, through her kids. You're right. King. That is the other thing. Yeah. Her kids. Um, I don't know. And then uh, I always think about uh, the. Uh, Restrictions on paparazzi. I think there some have been taken since there, but not. Maybe it's just been funneled into a more internet friendly. Uh, yeah, you know, I think general. you're right. I was thinking about that too after the Queen because I was I was thinking often in the '90s. It's a thing where people's you know houses are being mobbed by news crews or like the paparazzi are chasing them around, and that's really just not as much of a thing anymore, right? And I guess part of it is the business model is different because it used to be that celebrities didn't have Instagram. So if you needed a picture of them, like you had to, a paparazzi had to take it, you know. Um, And now there's like a whole different way to get photos of them. So I think it's maybe not as financially remunerative these days, but like it is very, I think you're, I couldn't help but I I do think you're right that after Princess Diana died, things changed a little bit. Maybe even they took a look at themselves and be like, oh, okay. I mean, there was still the early 2000s, like, taking pictures up Lindsay Lohan's skirt or whatever, like that kind of oh, stuff sure, still sure, all yeah. happened. Brittany, all that but I stuff, feel like yeah. those people were mostly like corralled in at events and at like clubs and, or the person was like in a very, very public place or something, you know, and they, or had been like tipped mm-hmm. off, tipped off the press on purpose or something. Uh, yeah. You know. Uh, more, yeah. Party vibe. In general. Yeah. We're just like way off topic now at this point. I'm sorry, Caleb. Yeah. I think we could, want, uh, transition yeah, let's move on to the next one. Bit. I agree. Yeah. Uh, which, uh, like, because we're talking about uh, her death, and I feel like while uh, Spencer was a movie uh, in 
20 odd years later informed with her death uh the queen is more of maybe a movie uh about a reaction to the death or more of a reaction to the to the event uh which is uh, uh, uh makes it a good like we said at the beginning makes it a good pairing for these two to actually get a good sense of uh the what the world was going to yeah. what, what you completely deranged <laughs> like 1990s celebrity culture it's so crazy to think about but yeah it's it's even more covered explicitly in our next movie the queen no member of the royal family will speak publicly about this Diana's no longer a member of the royal family what are you talking about charles this is a private matter we do things in this country quietly with dignity will someone please save these people from themselves Questions are being asked about why the Queen hasn't addressed her subjects at this time of national grief. Princess Diana of Wales has died, and how will the Queen of England respond? Is she dutiful to the traditions of the crown, or will she let public opinion and a newly elected prime minister sway her to, let's call it, a normal response of grief? Uh, It's a simple story the film The Queen tells. Uh, and it's made much easier from the talents of character study director Stephen Frears and the performance of Helen Mirren, and very much so the latter than the former. So let's just get out of the way Helen Mirren's awards hall, Oscar, BAFTA, the film also won a BAFTA, SAG, Globe, Broadcast Film Critics, New York Film Critics, Los Angeles Film Critics, National Society of Film Critics, National Board of Review. There's more. There's a ton more. It was a crazy year to be Helen Mirren. <laughs> uh, <laughs> A $15 million budget with a box office of $123 million movie made bank, uh, the Queen put the already legendary Helen Mirren to a higher mainstream level, as we can recently see in this year's F9. Uh, Chris, the Queen, huh? Yeah, what a movie, Caleb. It's funny because not only is Helen Mirren iconic as the... You're right when you said, like, oh, maybe you know Helen Mirren as the Queen, but you you don't actually know what the Queen the movie is about. And I, I feel the same thing about um, Michael Sheen being Tony Blair. Like, you just know in your mind that Michael Sheen is Tony Blair, and he's played him in, like, many different things. Three, uh, this is the second time doing it. And then it's like... Yeah. Okay, but like, oh, this is what this movie is about? Like, it's so easy to forget that it's about the couple days after Princess Diana. It's very like, one of the things I thought was really interesting is the way this um, movie, well, hey, okay, let me back up a little bit. So one one thing I thought about a lot with this movie is, so it's from 2006 and it's about Princess Diana's death, which is in 1997. So it's not even 10 years after the death, you know, especially if you go back to like, you know, filming the movie and writing the script, it's like way less than 10 years. That's like, if you made a movie about the financial crisis today, that would be older history than Princess Diana was at this point. So it really doesn't have a lot of distance from the thing actually happening, which I think is kind of interesting because I, I felt like from today's vantage point, I had forgotten like all this shit, basically. Like I had even forgotten how famous she was, like how like relentlessly, relentlessly like people hounded her and like the it was crazy it was absolutely crazy this movie really shows that through through, through actual uh, stock footage they don't have an actress portray or say they use stock footage and shows real uh paparazzi real uh photos of the pop footage the paparazzi did. yeah 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 and it's like real news broadcasts and i uh, just to be back in that mindset of like oh my god right it, it was like it was just like people loved celebrities and there was no mechanism that people could see them 
all the time. Like, like Instagram is such a blessing in that way because in the absence of Instagram, people just stalked celebrities and took pictures of them and then they made it, pretended like it was oh, the yeah. news. It wasn't the news. It was just like people want to look at pictures of this person for some reason. Uh, that's kind of interesting why they took uh, the perspective of the queen, the queen who throughout the movie early part of the movie says she's not even part of the royal family anymore and she's like kind of surprised that people yeah, right. care about <laughs> princess diana yeah, but uh, just to, like, and then that's the whole movie just like yeah her like coming to terms with uh like oh wait england cares i should care right right <laughs> i mean right the whole movie is about princess diana dies and then tony blair has complex of that, but it's not, tony yeah. blair has <laughs> just been elected prime minister and it's like he's the young person he's going to bring change and he's very like you know modern and middle class or whatever and then uh, the, the queen is obviously like stuck in tradition and it's like how their power dynamics are um, and how they sort of relate to each other. And that that's basically what the movie's about, right? And you know what? That sounds like, right, we were talking about it. That sounds like a boring movie. Like, <laughs> would be like boring, boring. Uh, but, but it really is uh, a movie that comes alive through Helen Mirren. It's a tough thing to do is to center your movie around a, a, a character who's uh, most famous aspect is she's like removed from society. Like she's a boring, qu- unknowable, quiet person. Uh, but then it's just the Queen Elizabeth, that person is just confronted with a ton of like decisions because of a, a tragic event. And Mirren just like makes a meal out of yeah. all of those like onslaught of decisions. Uh, just like does a lot of thoughtful, subtle acting that is one believable. Like you can tell there's so much going on in your head of uh, this woman through like just pure great acting. And it also just sets the tone of the movie. Like that's the movie just yeah. like watching this woman make these impossible to her. Well, it's so interesting about, like, to look at like you're talking about it just really just expands, expands. Yeah, yeah, no, talking about Helen Mirren and her performance, like this predates things like The Crown and obviously Spencer. But to like stitch together the Queen Elizabeth that we have from all these various things, you know, uh it's it's very interesting because what I think this movie is going out of its way to do is to show you that in the world of Queen Elizabeth, like she is behaving normally and she thinks she's doing the thing that is, mm-hmm. that is nice and that is respectful and that is good. And, you know, it, to look at everything, you know, obviously this woman's life has been so like cataloged in film and TV and it's just, but this is one of the early, early things where you were like, Oh, right. I mean, she does seem cold and, and insane, but it's, it's because in the, in her context, what she's doing makes sense. And the movie presents her as not even really necessarily being in charge of a lot of stuff. Like people just come up to her and tell her something and she goes like, okay, yes. Okay. All right. Fine. Yes, yes, yes. There's a great scene in the Queen yeah. when they're like, um, "Oh, the flowers are getting in the way of the changing of the guard," and she goes, "Oh well, just take them away." And then everybody looks at each other in a panic because, like, obviously you can't take them away. And they're like, "Oh, we just thought they maybe come in through a different gate, actually." And she went, "Oh yes, sure, fine, whatever." But it was like so interesting because it's a thing that's like she's not even really thinking about it. But if if she had done it, like, what a crazy tabloid disaster it would have been, you know? Yeah, it, it's really like just like slow wheels turning to be like, it's. To like, what should her decision ultimately to do to pay more of a respect to the to the grief of the country? Uh, it's 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 just all these thoughtful moments of Queen Elizabeth. We're getting to see like uh, the family telling her about protocols and her like getting reinforced about what to do because this is what we do. And then Tony Blair coming in and talking about the perspe- perception of everything. And then we get moments of just like her by herself, which are really nice too. And Helen Mirren really gives like weight and realness to this unknoble character. Uh, 
I remember they. Uh, I remember the Oscar two thousand six. The clip they used for when she won uh, was when she sees the fourteen point deer, oh, a buck. Yeah. Uh, uh, that's the clip they used in Oscar. And I didn't see the movie at that point. I was like, oh, that's a, a weird thing to show. And then I remember seeing the movie shortly after she, that. She you know, like, looks at a deer and cries. You know, yeah. yeah for like, Ooh, what do you think they're going to use for the uh, Spencer clip? I can't name what Oh, I don't know. I think it'll just be one of those kind of montage sequences where she's like kind of, yeah. you know, a Maybe bunch a of different quick. things are happening at once. Um, Maybe at uh, one of those toilet One of those toilet like, oh, Eating the, the pearls and like blood coming out yeah, of her mouth soup. or something. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh but I, I, I would also say uh, that it almost, like, I love Hellman's great actress. Go see, like, The Quick Thief, Life or Lover. So many awesome things. Uh, but she almost acts, uh, out-acts the movie itself. <laughs> like, she's so good that just, like, when she's not, like, on the screen or she's not present, you just, just want her to be back on there. Like, I, f- just, I, I found that interesting because I, I do think you're it's right. audience exposition when it's in, she's not on there. It's, like, a lot of uh, to Tony Blair stuff where he just, like, talks about it things going on just talk 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 and then yeah but anyway that's but no i was just gonna say i don't 100 percent agree with you because having just watched spencer obviously then watching this movie obviously the queen is like so much more sympathetic in this movie and there's all sorts of times we're supposed to, we're supposed to think she's like sharing a nice joke with somebody or showing a little humanity but having in my mind the queen elizabeth of spencer i was like fuck you dude like and there is layers to the movie where if you want to see her as being a chart charming she is charming but if you want to see her as being kind of exploitive and a weirdo like you can also read it in that way it's like a very textured kind of mm-hmm. performance and i but I, it did you know shallowly make me be like oh get the fuck off like she I, this isn't she's not charming like i don't like this woman like she's so awful um right up until the very end or something you know and i think the movie yeah. does all, permit that reading of her character a hundred percent. If anything, uh, the other reading, the layered reading I took two out of it is that it's not just her, it's her standing in for the country of, uh, it's, or it's a movie that is capturing the transitioning of yeah. eras really. Uh, like their affection is in, a, in condemning, like there is affection for this Royal family. Like they do care about like, they show like sweet stuff and the family stuff, but they're also condemning the Royal family too. And like, keep like, Sometimes they come off just like, oh, look, they're just an ordinary, ordinary family like, sitting around their house. And also they're not they're the complete opposite of ordinary, too. So it's like these two di- opposite uh, portrayals. Uh, and that's just being like, oh, uh, England was going through. Uh, what am I trying to say? Uh, more of the ruler of the queen to being the celebrity of the queen, which, like right. you said, like she's not uh, doing giving as many orders. And that is like a weird transition to do. And I think the Tony Blair of it all helps the transition too. like the movie does start out with Tony Blair winning the uh, prime minister election. It's really uh, about Tony. It's the, the, person who makes the movie's it. really kind of about yeah. Tony Blair, right? I mean, that it's called the queen, but it's really about Tony Blair. It's a good support role for Michael um, Sheen. He's great in it. I mean, one of the things, and just to speak like you're saying about Tony Blair and like the movie being about Tony Blair, like one of the major arcs of the movie, and it's called out explicitly, like we're saying about Spencer also, is the way that Tony Blair kind of starts out being real reformist and like having a lot of like energy against the queen and then coming to like understand her and sympathize with her and um, everybody around him doesn't get it and they think that like he's being a sellout. And that yeah. is like, his wife that is what people think about him in real life, yeah. you know? And yeah. 
his wife says that to his right. face just so to make us know. Yeah, they, well, his wife says it out loud, right? So that you know what's happening. But I, I thought that was so interesting because in a way that that is like it's so true to life, the, 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 that whole situation. But then also it's, it's true to life even in a way that like I have found whatever limited exposure I have had to like very important people, even if it's just to like the CEO of your company or something, you know? Like in one sense, yes, they're completely unsympathetic and they're like monsters. But in another, it's kind of like, well, they're just a, like, what would you do? You know what I mean? Like, you're a real person and you have all these considerations. Like, would you really make any dip decisions that different from the ones that they're making, given their background and their, you know, their sort of like goal set? You know, probably yeah, not. You know, importance. They're uh, cut off from the real world. And it does now. sort of sap your like revolutionary energy because you're like, well, I don't know. They seem to be trying pretty hard and they've, you know, they're pretty much, they're pretty much good people. Not like a hundred percent, but pretty much. There is a, a, a nice point when she actually does decide to give a speech. And, uh, I think it is the, uh, the, like we said, the fat helper, uh, the fat the helper. Actor, it's the fat helper. <laughs> uh, like he helps her write her speech and just adds a line of just say your grandmother too. <laughs> like as a, as the queen and a grandmother. Like I thought I was like, Oh cool. Yeah. Be a real person. But just stuff like that. Uh, it is. Uh, I, I so I had problems with the first movie screenplay, Spencer's screenplay. Uh, this one does have its problem, but it's, uh, there's enough talking to go like pave over it. Uh, and this is written by uh, Peter Morgan, who would go on to write The Crown, which uh, is now like the de facto right. uh, Are We Beautiful Royal Family. Uh, but yeah, 2006 was a great And they're year very for, similar, uh, Peter right? Morgan. Aren't they very, they're, yeah, they're, yeah, yeah. the ways that they portray yeah. Queen Elizabeth and the, the, the atmosphere of Buckingham Palace yeah. are like very similar, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, Peter Morgan, 2006, uh, he wrote The Queen and he wrote, uh, well, he wrote them over the multiple years, but The Queen came out and another movie he wrote, Last King of Scotland. Uh, came out so he wrote two oscar winning performances in 2006 uh uh forrest whitaker won for uh last king of scotland uh he also went on to go write uh frost nixon with uh michael sheen as well which i like frost nixon a lot um but yeah uh peter morgan great 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 screenwriter and um i mentioned how uh maybe a little biased towards him and i did his name in a chewbacca voice uh stephen frears uh prolific director uh Never steals the show <laughs> with his direction. Uh, he's very workmanlike in his direction. He just cares about the characters, really. Um, yeah, I, I always appreciate him. He has a ton of uh, movies since the seventies, so he's worked and he's still directing. So it's like almost about fifty years he's been directing. Crazy, uh, but he always has like little tiny pockets of like, oh wow, he's very relevant now. Uh, like in the eighties, he did uh, My Beautiful Laundrette and The Hit, which were so good. Uh, uh, around the 2000s, he had not only The Queen, uh, Dirty Pretty Things is a really good movie. Uh, High Fidelity, he directed. Uh, we also did another Stephen Frears movie on our podcast. We did Philomena. Uh, oh, yeah, that's right. Like in the early uh, Drew's another good one. But yeah, I love uh, Stephen Frears' Hero. Uh, great Dustin Hoffman movie. If no one's ever seen it, check that one out. Yeah, great stuff, man. I could name, I could name most of these grifters. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I totally agree with you. Um, do you want to move on into these questions, man? Oh, let's do well, it. Well, it's just really one question, and it is like, let's say you had to pick one of these two movies, or you would be like trapped in a loveless marriage inside a suffocating house of tradition for the rest of your life, <laughs> told what to wear and where to go, and you know who to talk to, and until the day you fucking keel over and die. Uh, this really is uh, 
your own personal preferential treatment. So there's no wrong answer. There's usually a wrong answer in these, which is, like <laughs> uh, but really it's a, a movie in Spencer that is very artistic and uh, very, very beautiful to look at. And with a, a pretty good lead performance from an actress that is great. I like Kristen Stewart a lot versus uh, the queen, which uh, now with hindsight, it's not as timely, but still interesting in uh, its capturing of a time. Uh, but again, that has this amazing performance from Helen Mirren at its center that it really is just a, be- a behold performance. And it, maybe it doesn't hold up as well because she's done so many other things. And I would say she, this is not even her best movie. It's just maybe her most popular movie. Um, that being all said, I'm picking... Spencer, just because I do like a little bit more of that psycho ener- psychological energy, and I'd even mentioned that Johnny Greenwood from Radiohead. Oh my god, the score! How scores. did we not talk about the score? score Spencer, so Caleb, good. it's like the fucking—it's so amazing, it's so perfect. It makes it like some kind of like weird ghost story. This, the you know, it's jazz at points, it's classical. It's, uh, very, it's very, like yeah. drony. It's very like scary sometimes. Mm-hmm. Uh, another probably, hopefully, Oscar nomination oh, there. Oh, sure, hundred percent. Uh, there will be blood, but yeah, amazing uh, composer. George I mean, this Lee. movie could like do really well at the Oscars. Actually, like definitely, like you're saying, costume, actress, cinematography, maybe um, score yeah. for sure. I uh, could could could, might, could get best director. I don't know. We'll see what happens the rest yeah, of the year. Might might sleep might back itself into a picture nod too there with all those. Yeah, totally right, right? Because it's just like a big good movie that people. It's the kind of movie that people like right now, and it and it and it yeah, seems uh, like an like an old fashioned kind of movie in a certain way, even though it isn't. You know, sure, it isn't. It, that, it, that's what probably the Oscars like about too. It's uh, still new cinema. Uh, Chilean director doing an old big biopic of and making it kind of like what movies should yeah. be like now. And it's, I and I agree with you. By the way, like it is a close call, and they are very different kinds of movies. The Queen is more like a TV show or like a play, you know, it's very like dialogue heavy and there's a lot of, um, mm-hmm. you know, like, yeah, insert shots of news footage and stuff like that. Um, whereas Spencer is a lot more like a film with a capital F, you know, a portrait of the interior life of another human being, you know? Yes. And I, and at the end of the day, and I just have that. to pick, I just have to pick that because it's like what film should be like. And the queen is great. And there's totally a place for a movie like the queen. And I, and I love movies like the queen, but like Spencer is like operating on another level, even though it's kind of ridiculous and pretentious, I still think like it's kind of landing most of that stuff. So yeah, I gotta say that. I gotta say Spencer. Hopefully it'll be as successful as the queen. When I read that thing about the budget for, the I queen, had no I idea. Like, really, actually, I had no idea. Yeah. <laughs> It's probably also, like you said, uh, nine years after a strong depiction of Diana. I mean, there was that other Diana movie with Naomi Watts that did horrible. Uh, yeah, but this is what I'm saying, too, because I don't know. You know, I don't know. I don't know what people I don't know what people think about Princess Diana right now or what they yeah. want out of a Princess Diana story. Ooh, this is uh, distributed by Spencer is distributed by Neon, which uh, they won an Oscar for Parasite. So they're just this is almost like hey. um, like a like a Sofia Coppola, Marie Antoinette kind of movie. Do you know what I mean? I did think about Marie Antoinette possible for this too. Because it's like... I also thought about Man on the Moon. At yeah, I could see that too. I could see that too. Yeah, these kind of very creative biopics, right? Um, that are very yeah, interesting yeah. and have a lot going on. Um, okay, brother. Well, let's see. That's it. That like, what a lovely time it was talking to you about these movies. What a lovely time. Yeah, that's fantastic. Talk to you later. 
Bye. Yeah, bye, buddy. Princess movies. Just movies. Queen movies. Royal movies. Royal movies. movies. Yeah, the royal wee movies. Where? Where?